Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Bridget Spackman and Michelle Foray, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. You know what's one of the most frustrating things when it comes to productivity? What's that? It's when you feel like you're going to get so much done. You want to get things organized. You are going to be productive. You're going to feel really successful at the end of the day. But something happens, and a lot of the times it can be work-related, it can be family-related. For me, it's oftentimes kid-related, and you get absolutely nothing done. That is what we call a time-sucking hurdle. Do you mean like a TSH? Oh, yeah, girl. (laughs) Not (laughs) to be confused with the TSA. We are not airport security. No, no, no. But I don't have kids, so I can't speak to that. But I do have Disney Plus, which I will say has been sucking me into a vortex of nostalgia ever since I subscribed to it. I can only imagine. I don't have Disney Plus, but I could see if I did have it, I would get absolutely nothing done. I would be all about that Topanga and Boy Meets World live. I just wouldn't get anything accomplished. I do love me some Boy Meets World, but lately my obsession is rewatching every last episode of Lizzie McGuire. It just makes my inner child so happy, but I am getting nothing done. Girl, I can only imagine. Well, today what we are going to be discussing is not Disney Plus, but we're going to be discussing how to create new habits in order for you to feel successful at school. You ready for that? I'm ready. I feel like this is perfect timing because it is a new year, which means New New Year's Year's resolutions. resolutions. Girl, I totally knew you were going to go there. I'm glad we were on the same wavelength. Now, I personally love the idea of New Year's resolutions. I think they sound great in theory, but when it comes to actually executing them, I can never stick to them. (laughs) No, absolutely not. They do sound so fantastic, but I swear I give up about two or three weeks into the new year. It just is awful. So I made at a point the past like three or four years now, I don't do New Year's resolutions. In fact, I really think of more of what are the habits that I want to either break or that I want to build and what are the goals that I want to be able to achieve in that year. I love that you said that because I feel like as teachers, we're always setting these big grand goals of being more productive or being more organized, but then we don't end up sticking to it. And it's because we have not built those habits that are necessary in order to achieve those goals. And I think that's where those time sucking hurdles come into play there too, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All the time. So I think it's important for us to really focus and break down what is the difference between a goal and a habit. And for the purpose of this podcast, let's define a goal as a result. It's a result that we want to be able to obtain because of some ambition that we have in our life. So for me, I wanted to be top of my class when I was in school. They did. I wanted to graduate first in my class and I achieved that goal. And once I achieved it, I had to then create a brand new goal to achieve in life. So instead of hashtag goals, we can start saying hashtag results. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. (laughs) It's going to become a thing. So if goals are results, then habits are the behaviors that get you there. Let's define a habit as a behavior that starts as a choice, but becomes a subconscious decision. I'm going to say it again because it's kind of a lot. A habit is a behavior that starts as a choice, but becomes a subconscious decision. Now, the most important part of that is the fact that it starts 
as a choice. You don't just wake up one day and suddenly have a new habit. You have to decide what you're going to do and then continually make an effort to do it. But eventually it becomes a routine and you don't even have to think about it. So now that we understand the difference between a goal and a habit, and we've already said that teachers love to set these big goals of being more productive or being more organized, but they don't have the habits that are necessary in order to achieve those goals, let's talk about how to build a habit. Now, I love lists. Oh, girl, we all know this. I could make a list of all the reasons I love lists. (laughs) That is super cute. So we are going to give you all an easy list of steps to follow in order to build a habit. It's only four steps. We can do this. Yeah, totally. Now, I know for a fact that I'm a visual learner and I am also a love of podcasts. And typically when I'm listening to my podcast, Michelle, I'm either driving or I am cleaning. I'm doing something while I'm listening to it. And so for all of you that are out there that are just like me, we have a play-by-play printable and it is free. Free. <laughs> it's free. It's totally free. You can go to teachingonthedouble.com to gain access to our step-by-step guide to help you start to build some of those habits to be more productive. Excellent. So Bridget, let's jump right in. What is step number one for building a habit? So step number one is going to be to set a goal, and then to break it down. Now, I have this very weird way of explaining this to people, but it just makes sense to me, guys. And it's probably because I'm a mama, but I talk about chicken breasts. Okay, I'm really curious where you're going with this. Oh, I know. So I think about a chicken breast, and when I cook my chicken breast, I have a big honker of meat. And so when I give it to my boys, I don't just give them the whole chicken breast because nobody can fork that sucker and just shove it inside their mouth. Like, it's not possible, although I would love to see somebody try that. Yeah, I just got a great mental image of that, so thank you. (laughs) Really gross. So what we have to do is I have to end up cutting that chicken breast into little bite-sized pieces so that it's easier to chew and to swallow so that my poor babies don't choke themselves, right? We don't want that to happen. And that's what I think about when it comes to a goal. We have to take those really big goals and we have to break them down into little bite-sized pieces in order for us to feel successful. So I'm going to take this another direction because I'll be honest, I'm not a huge fan of chicken. I probably should be because I know it's healthy, but I, don't blame you. I just do not like chicken. I think it's because growing up, I remember a span of, I swear, like a month where my dad, because my dad did all the cooking growing up, every night I'd be like, dad, what's for dinner? And he's like, chicken. And I was just like, ugh, like Listen, a piece of me died. He probably found it for a really good sale. <laughs> he probably did. That's a good point. So instead, I'm going to equate this to marathon running because I have spent about 12 years of my life as a runner. And when I think about marathon running, I think about how no one just decides to get up and go run a marathon. It does not work like that. Your body will not let you do it (laughs) because if it did work like that, everyone and their mother would be out there running a marathon. Instead, you have to start small and build up your running stamina. So you have to start with maybe a 5K and then move on to a 10K and then a half marathon and eventually work your way up to running a full marathon. Now, girl, I don't know anything about running or marathons, but I do know a little bit something about stamina because that's something that we as teachers we preach it to our kids every single day especially when it comes to building that reading and writing stamina so I can totally get your point on that 
So let's go ahead and give a real life example, something I think that all of us can relate to. Raise your hand, uh, unless you're driving. If you're driving, keep both your hands on the wheel. (laughs) Just mentally raise your hand. If you have ever set a New Year's resolution or a goal of living a healthier lifestyle, okay? My hand is up. Bridget's hand is up. We've all set this goal, and most of the time we end up failing, right? Well, I just love chocolate. I know. (laughs) And usually we end up failing by like the end of January. It's kind of pathetic. But the reason is because that is too big of a goal to have at one time. That's one big chicken breast that you're trying to shove in your mouth. You've got to cut it up. So instead, a smaller goal would be drinking more water. And if you want to get more specific, you could even say a gallon of water a day. Now, if you're a teacher, that may not work out so well because I don't know about you, Bridget. I don't get many bathroom breaks. Oh, no, not at all. But you want to break down that goal into something that is more achievable, something you can really focus on, like just drinking water. Maybe we should throw in a little bit of a teaching example. So oh, absolutely. As, oh, yeah. So as teachers, we all say, like you said, we all want to be productive, right? At the end of the day, we want to be able to get a lot of things done. But we can't just say, hey, I'm going to be productive in the year 2020. That's not going to happen. We really have hashtag to. Hashtag results. <laughs> hashtag results, guys. We have to break that down. And maybe one of those smaller goals is that you're going to grade your papers within a smaller chunk of time versus spanning it out over two three weeks. I love that because that is so much more attainable. Like if you're focusing just on grading papers, you will build that habit and then eventually you can move on to building another habit that will eventually get you to that goal of being more productive. So Bridget, what is step two? So step two is then to create a system. And I love me some systems, Michelle. Like I'm all about it. Oh, I know. You are the system queen. I love systems. And so what you have to do is think about about, all right, so I have this goal. I have these little smaller chunks on how I'm going to break it down to reach this goal. But now we have to figure out how in the world are we going to make that happen? So if I say that I want to drink more water, one of the systems that I can have in place is to have access to that water. Now, I love buying me really cute water bottles. So do I, but then I never end up using them. (laughs) Well, one of the ways that you can use them is to set reminders on your phone to say, oh, you need to pick up that water bottle and you need to drink some. And then you can even go a step further than that and draw lines on your water bottle, set times on them to hold yourself accountable. I would definitely have to set those reminders because I forget to take my students to specials and to lunch all the time. Oh girl, we've all been there. (laughs) It's really sad. Now let's talk about creating a system to help you get those papers graded in a reasonable amount of time. A system I really like to use is at the end of the day, I will get my papers out of the term in bin. I will clip them and y'all know I even have color-coded binder clips. Of course you do, girl. (laughs) I have a different color for each class and it just helps me keep track of things. I will put those papers into my designated grade drawer and I will put a sticky note on the papers with a date to have them graded by. In order to hold myself accountable, I will then take that date and put it into my Google calendar so I don't forget and then I will go the extra mile and schedule time to get it done. I will figure out what planning period or when during my day I'm actually going to get it done. Girl, I really like that system. I especially love the fact that you have the color-coded 
binder clips for each of your classes. It's a really nice visual. Kudos. <laughs> oh, thanks. I appreciate You're welcome. it. <laughs> so let's review our steps. Step number one is to set a goal and break it down. You got to cut up that chicken breast. Okay. Amen. Then step number two is to create a system. So Bridget, what is step three? So step three is going to then find a way to track your progress. I think one of the biggest things about building habits is that we rely too much on our brains to remember when we have done something. That's one of the biggest mistakes so many people do is they're like, okay, I'm going to just drink more water or I'm going to grade my papers by this time, but they don't have any way to show their progress. So they feel like they've been doing a really good job and they probably have been doing a lot better than what they were in the past but they don't have a way to show and track that progress to see where they are making their mistakes. So if I say I'm going to drink more water, but then during the day I'm saying, well, wait, did I drink that water in the morning? I'm I'm pretty sure I did drink water. So I'm okay. I don't need to do it. Guys, our brains are not engineered to remember that type of information all day. And as much as I would love to blame it on my brain, because I think sometimes it is my brain, but sometimes it's also just that I'm lazy. Okay. I'm going to be fully transparent. One of the major reasons that people break habits is because they aren't motivated. Mm -hmm. They mess up once or twice because we're human and that happens, but then they end up quitting because they don't feel successful and no one likes to feel like they're failing, especially me. I'm a huge perfectionist. And what happens is they forget about all those times they were successful and then they end up quitting faster. So it's really important to track your progress. And I feel like it's so much easier to focus on the negative than it is the positive, right? I mean, you oh, know 100%. that. I know that. It's so easy to focus on that negative. So this is where habit trackers came into play, y'all. And I have to say, I fell into like the rabbit hole of like planner people online. I've been trying to stay out of that rabbit hole because I've heard that it's very dangerous. It is so bad, y'all. I spent so much money at Michael's and at Target with those stickers and just, it it was a hot mess. Don't tell Trent. I won't. (laughs) Your secret's safe with me. (laughs) Thank you. But for me, I really liked this idea of having a habit tracker because it was a visual representation of the progress that I was making towards the goal or the habit that I wanted to have at the end of the day. It was my accountability buddy. That's so adorable. It is adorable, but it was a way for my brain to remember what I was doing and when I was doing it. So let's go back to that whole drinking water example, because again, this is, I think, a goal that we all have. I don't have to use a habit tracker. That is a very beautiful way to represent it. But sometimes teachers, we just don't have time for that. Okay. So instead it could be as simple as just putting a blue dot on my calendar for every day that I meet my water intake goal. Or if I even need to see more progress throughout the day, because I have some days like that. Okay. I don't know about you, but. Oh, absolutely. There are definitely days where I need extra motivation. I could even put a blue dot in my notebook or my lesson planner or my calendar for every glass of water I drink. And then maybe I need eight of them by the end of the day or 10 of them by the end of the day. Don't you do that with grading papers too? Oh, you know I do. I write down every graded assignment I'm going to give my students in my lesson plan book. Then I will put the date next to that assignment that I want to have it graded by. And then I will put either a green dot or a red dot next to it. A green dot means that I got that assignment graded within three days. That's usually my goal. I like to have things graded within three days. That way I can give it back to my students and they can reflect on their progress. But if I don't get it graded within those three days, I will put a red 
dot next to it. I love the color system that you have going on there. Yeah. Have you figured out? I really love color coding. I, I do. I have totally figured that out. So let's review our steps. Step one is to set a goal and break it down. Step two is to create that system. And step three is to track your progress. So Bridget, that means we only have one more step. Oh, hallelujah. One more step. What is our last step? Step four is to then evaluate your progress. I think this is one that teachers are really going to be able to resonate with because when I think of evaluating progress, I always think of some sort of a percentage. I mean, that's what we do with our kids at the end of the day, right? We we look at their content, we look at their understanding of that content, and we evaluate their progress and give them some sort of a percentage. I heard you say percentage. Does that mean we're about to get mathy? Oh gosh, she said that's so seductive. Like <laughs> as a math teacher, I think it is seductive for me. So let's give a concrete example for the whole drinking more water goal. If over the course of 60 days, so about two months, if I only met my water intake goal 50 out of 60 of those days, then in order to find my percentage, I need to divide 50 by 60. Now, I have already figured this out ahead of time. I'm good at math, but I'm not that good at math. (laughs) So 50 divided by 60 is 83 hundredths or 83%. Now, that's a B and Bs are fine, but when it comes to building a habit, a B is just not good enough. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we have standards-based grading at my school, Michelle, and so when I really start to look at percentages, I think that they're demonstrating that like 83% of the time, right? So typically, if I want to say a student has mastered something, they always have to get above 90%. Once they're above that 90%, they've mastered that content. That means that they're doing it the majority of the time. And so you we really have to focus on how often are we really being successful at the habit that we're trying to achieve or trying to develop. And if we are hitting below 90% of that time, then we haven't created a habit yet. I mean, it's just not good enough to say it's a habit. We're doing better than what we've done before, but it's not a habit. And so what you have to do is then go back, reflect, tweak your systems, and then Find a way for you to be more consistent. So when it comes to drinking that water, if you find that you're only hitting that 83%, you're not quite ready to build that habit yet, you could do something as simple as just setting alarms more frequently on your phone in order to remind you to drink water, which I have to laugh because Britta is drinking water right now. I'm really thirsty. (laughs) Now, when it comes to grading papers, you could use that same strategy. You could set reminders on your phone to grade papers at a set time, whether it's during your planning time or whenever it is during your day. Then you could actually grade your papers in smaller chunks of time. You could maybe set aside five minutes or 10 minutes at a time to get papers graded. And this could be as easy as you're walking to go pick up your kids from special and you're carrying papers with you. And while you wait for the one or two minutes while they're not ready in line yet, because we all know that happens, you could be getting a few papers graded. And then throughout the day, you could have your whole stack of papers graded. I have to say, Michelle, like when I used to watch your vlogs, um, I would always love the parts where you were grading your papers. And it was like that time lapse of just you sitting down and grading. I don't know why I love that so much, but it was my favorite. Yeah, you loved it because you weren't the one grading the papers. I, <laughs> I didn't have to do all of that. It was fantastic for me. But I think it's important for us to also remind everyone that building a habit, it's going to be different for everyone, right? We are not all cookie cutter individuals. So we cannot all say that, oh, I'm going to get this done in 60 days. And y'all, if you go online, there are so much research that's out there. Some people say it takes 26 days to build a habit. 
There are other people that are saying that it takes 60 days to build a habit. Everyone is different. And depending on what habit that you are trying to build, you really just need to listen to yourself, reflect on your own progress and go from there. Everyone's different. And this is where the tough love comes into play. Oh, I'm ready for the tough love. Yeah, because I have to say, I love you all very much. So I want you to know that when I say this, I say it out of the like goodness of my heart. Okay, because I love you. Remember that I love you. But here's the thing. You need to push yourself. You cannot say that this habit didn't work for you or this is not working for you. You need to put the effort in that's necessary in order for you to build that habit. And again, we say this out of love, but you can't, you. <laughs> you can't be upset if you don't reach your goal because you didn't put in the effort. Let me say it again. You can't be upset if you don't reach your goal because you didn't put the effort in. Absolutely. So let's go through another teaching example as we now recap all of our steps. Bridget, I know that another big goal that teachers set is to get more organized. So how could we go through the steps in order to build a habit that will help us get there? So getting myself organized, it took me a very long time to figure out how was it that I was going to make this happen for me? Because that was always a big dream of mine too. And let's be honest, like whenever people would come into my room, when I first started teaching, one of the bigger things that they would see was piles and piles of papers on my desk. Like, Oh, that was so embarrassing. I just, it was just a hot mess every single day. So step one was to, okay, I'm going to determine my goal. My goal was to be more organized, but then I needed to break that goal into smaller chunks. So when I thought about my small chunk, I thought about my desk. How in the world was I going to get my desk clean and clear and keep that area organized? So that was my smaller goal. Step two, I figured out my system. My system was my inbox. I created just, it was a simple like paper tray holder that allowed me to place my papers in as I got them. Now y'all, this was something I had to work at because I could very easily like take a pack of papers or something that I had grabbed and just throw it onto my desk. I had to make it a point that as I went and threw it and I walked away, I'm like, nope, go walk back go put that paper right in that inbox bin so that it's not cluttering up your desk. I had to make it a point of doing it every single day. And then what I had to do was say every afternoon, I'm going to process those individual papers and put them where they need to go. Guys, this was my system from the inbox to the processing every single day. Step three was for me to track that progress. So I had a very simple monthly calendar where all I would do is for that day, say, did I process my papers before I left school? And I gave it a color. If I did, I filled it in. If I didn't, I would leave it blank. And so I would be able to say, oh man, I've really been falling off and I need to get myself refocused and I need to set maybe a reminder. That's me going back and reevaluating and maybe setting that phone reminder on my phone to remind me that I couldn't come. I could not leave. I also had a teacher partner that was right across the hall from me. Y'all, that teacher partner was fantastic. But she would come to me and say, no, 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 you cannot leave until you finish that. And she would stick with me to make sure that I had everything done before I left at the end of the day. I love that. Having accountability partners or buddies will help you so much to be able to reach your goals and be able to build those habits. Now, to make it easier for you, we have created a free habit tracker because oh, I love free is our free. favorite number. 
free is fantastic. You can head over to our website, teachingonthedouble.com slash 001, because this is our first podcast. Oh my gosh. This has been our first one. (laughs) We would love for you to download this habit tracker, start using it, and then we would love for you to share it out on social media. That will help you keep yourself more accountable, which we all need sometimes. But if you tag us in it, then we can even cheer you on as well. And we all love a good cheerleader. Oh, absolutely. I'm really good at being a cheerleader, although I was never a cheerleader in school, but I can totally try. Now, next episode, we are going to be covering morning routines. I love morning routines. So do I. They're my favorite videos to watch on YouTube or podcasts to listen to. We are going to give you all five things that should be a part of every teacher's morning routine. This sounds great. I know. I'm excited. All right. So make sure, guys, that you are subscribed to our podcast so that you get notified when we drop a new episode every single Thursday. And until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.